Praise the Lord. Good evening, everyone. Let's look to the word of the Lord tonight. Title of the message tonight, Be Clothed with Humility. I feel in my heart to follow up some of the message from last week and let the Lord speak to us about humility. It's such a wonderful, godly, holy character that the Lord would work into all of our lives. 1 Peter 5, 5 to 6. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. It's a garment we need to put on. Be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. What a glorious promise of the Lord. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Be clothed with humility. This is the divine nature. This is the Christian character. This is the spiritual conduct of the people of the Lord. And we need to clothe ourselves. There are certain garments we have to put on. The Bible says put on the garment of praise to break the spirit of heaviness. Be clad with zeal and passion for the Lord, with fervency for the Lord, as a cloak, the Bible says. Put on the whole armor of God. And so we put on peace after peace to protect our lives and for defense and offense in the kingdom. You know, there are some garments that only God can put on us, but there are some we need to put on ourselves. Isaiah 61.10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. We have no righteousness of our own. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. We come before the Lord. We repent. We give our lives to the Lord. We ask him to forgive our sins, and he puts a beautiful garment of white upon us, the garments of salvation and the robe of righteousness. The prodigal son came stumbling across the field, and the father said, bring the best robe and put it on him. Only the Lord can clothe us with salvation. Only the Lord can deal with our sin and put the robe of righteousness on us. But once we are saved and born again, we need to learn our new wardrobe, and we need to learn how to wear it. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. Put on this clothing. Put off the old clothes. Put off the garments defiled by the flesh. But put these garments on. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another even as christ forgave you so you almost also must do and above all these things put on agape the love of god which is the bond of perfection put on tender mercies put on kindness put on humility and so we are the ones, we are to clothe ourselves with humility, be clothed with humility. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, the Apostle Paul said, 
For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, but to think soberly. Verse 10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. The admonition of the Lord is clear. Clothe yourselves with humility. Put on humility. Put on kindness. Put on forgiveness. Put on the love of God. Prefer one another. Be affectionate to one another with brotherly love. These are such wonderful words of the Lord. These heal our spirit. These will heal our homes. These words will heal the church. We are not to have an exaggerated opinion of ourselves. Well, I'm so-and-so, I'm this and that, and I, should, I deserve more respect. The only authority we have is an intangible spiritual authority given to us by God. The only influence we have is a, an intangible spiritual influence given to us by God. And it's this exaggerated opinion, it's this self-assertion, it's conceit, it's pride that causes much trouble in our homes, in our marriages, in the church of God, and we don't even have to talk about the world. The Bible is true, Proverbs 13.10, only by pride comes contention. Or the New King James says, only by pride comes strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Only by pride comes strife and contention. When there is strife and contention between people in a marriage, in a home, at a workplace, you know there's pride somewhere. In somebody, maybe in everybody, but only by pride comes contention. The Bible says be clothed with humility. Let's ask God for humility. Let's let the grace of God work humility into our lives. I remind you of the words from last week out of Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me, all you that are agitated, contentious, strife-filled, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus said, I am meek and lowly in heart. The word lowly defines itself. Lowly means low to the ground, not having an exaggerated opinion of ourselves. Walking humbly, low to the ground. And meekness? Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is a life beautifully surrendered under the hand of Almighty God, not lifting up itself, submitting to the Lord. One definition of meekness is strength under control. I like to think of the meek as the God-controlled. Blessed are the God-controlled. 
Blessed are the meek, for they shall, incur, they shall inherit the earth. Strength under control. All of us have a strong human will. We have a strong human disposition and personality. But a meek person is someone who has brought their life, their will, their disposition, their personality under the control of the Holy Spirit and now walk favorably and walk obediently before the Lord. We need to monitor our hearts and say, am I behaving in a prideful way? Am I speaking in a proud way? Is there something about me that's causing contention in my home, in my marriage, in relationships? How are the words of my mouth? How do I conduct myself? Let's ask the Lord. Let's clothe ourselves with humility. Put on this beautiful garment of the Lord. Now in 1 Samuel 15 and verse 10, the Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel, saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king. For he has turned away from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. Samuel weeping all night long, calling on the Lord, distressed over Saul, a man he had anointed for ministry, a man he had set before the nation and anointed with holy oil to serve the Lord. And the Bible says when Saul first began his ministry, he was humble. He was little in his own eyes. Verse 15, 17 of 1 Samuel 15. So Samuel said to him, When you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel when you were little in your own eyes? King James says, When you were little in your own eyes, were you not made the king? Did God not put you in a place? of authority in ministry. But now a few years into his ministry, a few years in, and Saul was not little in his own eyes any longer. He was big in his own eyes. He took up an exaggerated opinion of himself and who he was. When he first began, he was little in his own eyes. When he first began, when God first called him, he was hesitant. He was reluctant to even move out in public ministry. 1 Samuel chapter 10. Though, though Saul had been anointed by Samuel privately and the call of God was upon him, now it was a public ceremony. The introduction, the coronation of King Saul. But they couldn't find him. Samuel had gathered all the people together, but they couldn't find Saul. When he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the family of Matri was chosen. And Saul, the son of Kish, was chosen. But when they sought him, he could not be found. Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, Has the man come here yet? And the Lord answered, There he is, hidden among the equipment. All the people had arrived with their food baskets and their carriages and their beasts of burden. And where was Saul? He was hiding among the carriages, hiding among the equipment hesitant to come forth and take the call of God. So they ran and brought him from there, and when he stood among the people, he was taller than any of the people from his shoulders upward. And Samuel said to all the people, 
Do you see him whom the Lord has chosen, that there is no one like him among all the people? So all the people shouted and said, Long live the king. And that's how Saul started out. Little in his own eyes. Hesitant. Hidden. But a few years had gone by, and now he was big in his own eyes. The ministry that the Lord had given him had become more important than the Lord who gave him the ministry. Saul intruded on another man's place. He intruded into another man's ministry, Samuel's ministry. And Saul put his hands to that which wasn't his. He took money, spoil, that didn't belong to him. He was now big in his own eyes. And the Lord said, I... It's repented me that I've made Saul king. I'm grieved. Saul now had taken a preeminence in his own spirit before the Lord and his obedience before God. He was now big in his own eyes. Samuel cried out to the Lord all night long, but it was too late. The Lord had made a decision. Humility is very important as we walk before the Lord. Let's be clothed with humility. Let's not put ourselves in a place or project ourselves in a place or in our attitude or words that is not ours to take, but let the Lord lift us up. If we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, he will put us where he wants us. He will lift us up in due time. 1 Corinthians 9:27. the Apostle Paul said, But I keep under my body. I deal with my flesh. I keep under my flesh. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, <clears throat> when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Someone set aside, disqualified. <clears throat> Not a loss of salvation, but a loss of usefulness. Humility in our lives is the secret of usefulness before the Lord. Where the Lord finds humble people, he will lift them up. He will place them where he wants them. Now let's go to Acts chapter 6. Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, the early church in Jerusalem, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. The Hebrews were Hebrew-speaking Jews and the Hellenists were Greek-speaking Jews. And there was some tension there. Hebrews were more traditional in their beliefs and in their standards. It says there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. 
seven men. These were leading men in the congregation of the Lord. They were men of good reputation. They were filled with the Spirit. They were men of faith. They were men of godly character and power. And the apostles of the Lamb came along and said, listen, there's a need in the church. Uh, brethren, would, could we choose you and use you to take supply to needy brothers and sisters? Up and down the streets of Jerusalem, can you deliver food to some homes? Steep hills of Jerusalem. Take some clothes to needy children. Those men could have said, not for me. It's not my calling. I'm not going to do that. I'm full of faith and power. I'm full of wisdom. I'm not going to take that place. But these men said, if there's a need in the church, if the people of God need something, we're on our way. They were humble. They served the Lord. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God, the Bible says. If God asks me to clean the church, vacuum the carpets, mop the floors, then I'll do it and I'll sing and praise the Lord while I'm doing it because it's an honor to serve the Lord. When God sees surrendered lives, when God sees surrendered men and women, even as they take what seems to be a lesser place, but it's not in the eyes of the Lord. There is no lesser place in the eyes of the Lord. In the house of God, there is no lesser administration. There is no lesser ministry in the house of God. Wherever we are is the place of God, and it's equal in his sight. And where he finds humble people that will serve, that will serve, he will lift them up. What a holy promise. I trust that lives in our spirit tonight. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will exalt you in due season. It's his principle. It's his way. He's not a respecter of person. Every Christian, every believer that will humble themselves in the sight of the Lord will find their life being lifted up in the Lord, and they will be exalted by the God of heaven in due season. One of the men was Stephen. Stephen willing to serve tables, willing to stack chairs, willing to carry food and be involved with the daily distribution. Now these men, I'm sure, had other jobs. But there was a daily distribution, and when their job was done, we've got to get to the food prep, the families, the people need some food tonight. You know, they didn't have refrigeration. Daily bread, fish from the market, fruit to the people. Let's get it out. Where are the volunteers? These men served. And as they went along, they encouraged the saints and they lifted them up and they blessed them. And God looked down on those seven men and he gave them a special place in, in Scripture. They're known as the seven. The first deacons, the servants of the church. Stephen, full of faith and power, serving tables, doing what would be the common task that anybody could do. And we read, not too far later into the book, Acts chapter 6, verse 8 to 10, 
And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Then there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. God says, you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Stephen, you're willing to serve tables? You're willing to serve the common needs of the believers in Jerusalem? I'm going to anoint you with my power. I will lift you up. Stephen, full of faith and power, did great signs and wonders among the people. All of a sudden, he's preaching powerfully in the synagogue of Jerusalem. Many synagogues, but this was one of them. And he was there disputing and speaking the gospel. He did signs and wonders among the people, and his face began to shine like an angel. Verse 15 of Acts 6, as he disputed, and says all who sat in the council looking steadfastly at him saw his face as the face of an angel. That's what God does for people that will humble themselves in the sight of the Lord. He'll lift them up. Stephen, so full of grace, but he began to preach and speak the word of the Lord and move under that anointing. And they stoned him for his gospel preaching. He was a martyr for Christ. A martyr for Christ. Let's listen in on his preaching tonight. Maybe we should compare it to the preaching of our day and age. Maybe this is why he got stoned. Acts 7, 51. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. Speaking to his brethren in the synagogue. You always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you have now become the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. Verse 54, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. I thought Jesus was seated in the th heavens. I thought Jesus was seated on the throne. The Bible says he is, but there's something. Jesus said, I, I can't stay seated today. I've got to get up. There's a man down there that's anointed by the Holy Spirit. He's speaking my word, and he's standing for righteousness in my cause. I'm going to stand in honor of him and receive his spirit. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. There's another man from the same list, Philip. Philip, later known as Philip the Evangelist, waiting on tables, running around Jerusalem, making sure the Hellenists were fed and the Hebrews were fed. Difficult time economically for a lot of people. Make sure the children have food on the table. Are they well clothed? Here, can I pray for you? I've got to be on my way, but let's just take a minute and I want to bless you and encourage you. Let's walk with God. God's our supplier. God's faithful. Philip, 
full of wisdom, a man of reputation, serving common tables. But by the time we get to Acts chapter 8, Philip is a mighty man of faith and power, and God's using him. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed. And many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. A man who was serving tables, willing to take a lowly place, to help the brethren, to help the church in any way he could. All of a sudden, he's moving in power. He's preaching the gospel in Samaria. His ministry is outstanding. People are coming to Christ. Healings are taking place. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Then Philip returned to Jerusalem, and he was back in the city of Jerusalem, and one day an angel spoke to him. And said, I want you to go down the road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza in the south. And so Philip obediently didn't know what was going to happen. Started walking down that road. Lord, Lord, I'm waiting. All of a sudden, a chariot comes by. Lord says, Philip, join yourself to that chariot. You know who was in that chariot? The finance minister of the nation of Ethiopia. Didn't the psalmist say, Ethiopia shall soon stretch out their hands to God. Finance minister under Queen Candace. And Philip was able to sow the gospel into that man to carry that gospel into the entire nation. That's the kind of influence he had of Ethiopia. Philip ministered to him in the chariot. The Ethiopian treasurer said, what hinders me from being baptized? Philip says nothing. If you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord with all your heart, you can be baptized. He said, here's a pool of water. Let's stop. They baptized. He got baptized. And our text is obscured, but some of the texts, the Western texts read, and as the, the Ethiopian came out of the water and went on his way rejoicing, the Spirit of the Lord fell upon him, and he experienced the New Testament Pentecostal baptism, and he went on his way rejoicing down into Ethiopia carrying the gospel. Philip. Immediately, the Bible says that Philip boarded a private jet. Air Holy Spirit. And landed on the coast of Israel down in Azotus. And then he went up and down the Mediterranean coast, preaching the gospel, winning people for Christ. Jerusalem was under persecution, and Philip settled down in Caesarea and became an evangelist. The Bible says he had four daughters. He raised a family for God. They were as fervent as the old man. Filled with the Spirit. It says every one of his daughters prophesied utterance, the word of the Lord in them, the inspiration of the Almighty upon them. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. These examples are here for us to take into our spirit and say, Lord, that is how you deal with people that will humble themselves, become dependent on you, surrender their lives to your will for your glory, not lift up themselves, not seek position and promotion, 
but allow you to deal with them and lift them as you will. It's not likely that we will be used as mightily of God as Stephen and Philip, but we will be mightily used of God if we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. That is a promise of God. We may not be as mightily used as Stephen and Philip, but we will be mightily used. And we will have the reward of God in our spirit, and we will be satisfied with the goodness of the Lord. Worship team, come. Acts 2, 17 to 18. And now it, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants, on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. They will prophesy in their prayers. They will prophesy in their words. They will declare the word of the Lord. The inspiration and the utterance of the Almighty God will burn in them and they will declare the word of the Lord. There's nothing in this passage, Acts 2, 17 to 18, about titles. Now, men and women of God do receive titles, and they did in the word of God, but God is not interested here when it comes to his spirit. He says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on everybody. That's for everybody. I want my men servants and my maid servants to know the power of my spirit and to be used of God. What a privilege is ours to serve the Lord. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Micah 6, 8. He has showed you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, and to love mercy, loyalty, love loyalty, and walk humbly with your God. Let's stand together tonight. Let's clothe ourselves with humility. Put on the garments of humility, meekness, surrender to the Lord. Yield our human will, our personality, our disposition to the Lord in a fresh way tonight. Again, if you're here tonight and there's some area of contention and agitation and strife going on in your life, in your marriage, in your family, ask the Lord for a broken and a contrite spirit tonight. For the Lord to soften your words and soften your heart. Put on tender mercies, put on kindness, put on humility, put on the agape of God. Your life will be lifted up in the Lord and you will be blessed. You will know the satisfaction of God in your spirit. Again, God is no respecter of persons. Everyone who humbles himself in the sight of the Lord will find God lifting them up and filling them with his reward and his goodness, his placement, his anointing, his strength, his life, all the goodness of the Lord that he has toward you, you will be satisfied because of the blessing of the Lord. Amen. Let's ask the Lord for a fresh touch of his spirit tonight. Pour out your spirit on all flesh, Lord. 
men servants and maid servants, wherever it is that we serve, Lord, in our homes, at our jobs, at our places of business, where we travel, Lord, that we would be men and women filled with the Holy Spirit, full of faith, and yet so low to the ground that we can serve anybody. We can do your will in all situations, Lord. And Father God, that our lives are surrendered and a beauty to your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord.